Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 37 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Not bad, man. Enjoying summer vacation? Babies are sleeping pretty well? Sounds like everything is coming up, Dave. Hey, man. Uh, Dave World. Hashtag Dave World. Hashtag Dave World. Uh, Dave, you know what else is about to enter Dave World? It's episode 37 of Cockroach, <laughs> Dave. It's Karakasa Dance Queen. But before we get to that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, first star of the week, man, is uh, just some TV that we've been watching. Uh, the first is... The Good Place, starring uh, Kristen Bell and the always fantastic Ted Danson. I'm not actually going to say a whole, whole lot about it, uh, but dude, that show is super, super good. Uh, the premise of the show, basically, is that Kristen Bell's character is a terrible person who inadvertently ends up in heaven. Like, there's a clerical she, error, or? Uh, yeah, basically. Oh, like, it's, it's a joke. Get it? Clerics? Clerical error? It's, ah, it's doubly funny. Yeah, I did not get it. It's twice as funny uh, <laughs> as it would have normally been, which is still not very funny. So, uh, well, you know, twice twice zero is. Anyways, uh, so yeah, she she's a terrible person and she ends up in heaven due to a clerical error, basically. Uh, like, another person who was really amazing died at, like, the exact same time as her and they got flipped. Uh-huh. And so the whole, the whole story is her trying to stay in heaven. And uh, man, it's just, it's super funny. It's really well directed. Uh, the whole thing is really good. The writing is super clever. So I definitely recommend a good place. But what I will talk a little bit more about is Legion. Oh, no, now Legion. we talked about this yeah. super briefly, like just as it was coming out, but the whole thing is on Hulu now. So I've been watching it. I I actually need to catch up. I was watching as episodes were coming out, I think through the first five episodes but then i got distracted and it's one of those shows that like really requires your full attention and so i didn't oh yeah only like kind of watch it and so instead i then watched all of gundam wing and now i need to circle back around yeah it's it's okay i'm kind of torn on it here's the deal first of all legion it's amazing like all the acting is fantastic, the writing is really cool. Visually, it's stunning. The style, like, they... the style of that show is so good. Yeah, like, like I said, like everything about it is pretty amazing. So, good place, Legion. Watch them both. They're both on Hulu. Um, yeah, man. Right on. Super enjoying those. Uh, what then is our second star of the week? So, second star of the week, Matt, is a story about my house, specifically about the gutters to my house. So, the gutters to my house were really dirty. Like that, the like the outside wasn't doesn't matter, but like they were clogged, right? So I was like, I'm getting backflow up into these gutters. Sure. Uh, take a moment for Dave's old man corner. You got to take care of your gutters, guys. They're basically plumbing, and if you don't, they're gonna like overflow, and then the fascia which connects them to the house is gonna rot out, and then it's gonna be like a huge job. You can get water in your walls depending on where your gutters are. Like, take care of your gutters. So. So it was at this uh, this art festival, and for whatever reason, like these gutter people that with this product, it's called Leaf Filter, and it's like one of these like over gutter cap things. Oh yeah, to keep stuff out of your gutters. 
they have a booth there. And I'm like, oh, well, like, I actually need something like this because my gutters are all, like, all jacked up and I've been meaning to get it taken care of and I haven't been. So I stop, I talk to the guy, I give him my information. And he's like, great. He says, actually... Uh, we have this. Uh, we have this coupon. It's for two hundred and fifty dollars off. But we're the business is a little slow right now for like our particular branch of this company. So we're doubling this coupon to try to like drum up a little bit of business until like we have a bunch of jobs scheduled later. But we're trying to like fill in this gap, right? Sure. Which is like Classic fairly standard stuff. Yeah. Well, that, that's actually fairly standard for construction. Like, would I used to work construction, and we would give people big discounts. If we weren't working, because it's like, well, if you're not working, you're not making any money. So better to make some money than no money. Yeah, yeah. So the salesman comes out. He kind of walks me through the product. I'm super impressed. Like, this is a this is a high-quality product. Uh, you know, like consumer reports, blah, 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 blah. So he quotes me a price. And it's totally reasonable for, like, the, you know, the work that they would be doing. Totally reasonable price. And he says, but, he says, you know, you've got this coupon. It's a doubled coupon, so we're knocking off $500 off of original price. And he says, and actually, if if you can call me back, like, in two days, like, if you can get this work done by the end of the week, because we do have this gap, then I will knock off an additional $500 off wow. of the original price, which I want to be clear is totally is a totally reasonable sum of money. So $1,000 off of this price. So I'm like, man, I was like, you know, dude, great. You know, let me talk to my, let me talk to my wife about it. We'll figure it out. I'll give you a call back. So we hem and haw because like it is, you know, it's $1,000 off. And it's a uh, and it's a really good price, and it's a great product. And we're like, ah, can we do it? Do we not? And we were like, because we had no idea how much this was going to cost. We, like, we went into this. We had no idea what the estimate's going to be, right? Right. So we had said, we're like, man, I just, we would love to do it. And it's it seems like it's worth the money, but the most that we would be able to spend when we were, like, what was in our head was this other sum. And there's a reason... Stick with me. There's a reason I'm not telling you what these numbers are. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I recognize that ideally I would be telling you these numbers, but there's a reason I'm not, and we'll get to it. I, so, I frankly assumed, Dave, that the reason was that he offered to eventually give you even more off if you gave him such a good plug as you were doing right now on your wildly successful podcast. That weirdly, I was wearing my Super Sentai Brothers t-shirt. He recognized it. That's not what happened. Anyway, but we were like, ah, you know, like this was kind of the number. So I call the guy back and I'm like, and I leave a message. I'm like, listen, dude, I'm really sorry. I'd love to do business with you. I just can't like, it's not in my budget right now, but I'm going to keep your card. I'm going to try to put some money aside. I really, really like your product. I'll give you a call next year. Maybe we can do this, right? So in my head, this is settled too bad. I'll just maybe like get the gutters cleaned and whatever. So he calls me back and he, or he leaves a message and he says, Hey man, give me a call back. Uh, Give me a call back. I have another offer for you. I just, just give me a quick call back. So I called the guy back. And I'm like, hey, Tom is his name. Tom, what's going on? And he says, well, here's the deal. He says, we actually have this huge commercial job. Like starting like this week or early next week. And we can sort of like basically like fold the materials for your order into this larger commercial job. If a, you are willing to pay by check, like you'll just give us the whole amount 
And B, like you'll put a sign in your yard, which like, yeah, sure, I'm happy to put a sign in my yard. Sure. And C, you do not tell anybody how little we charged you. <laughs> because like we don't want people to think that like this is how much money it costs. So like this is why I'm not telling you the numbers. He says this is literally a condition of this arrangement that I do not tell them, that I do not say how little money they charged me. Suffice to say, it was actually a couple hundred dollars less than the amount that we said, like, ah, we could maybe spend this amount of money. So I was just like, are you serious? Yes. Yes. That's amazing. I don't know how you did that. Like, this is incredible. So I had this guy come out and do my gutters, and it cost me a very sizable percentage less than it originally would have. Uh, hashtag Dave World. It's amazing. So now I have basically a lifetime guarantee on gutters. I, I totally like, stoked about it. I feel like somehow you managed to go to the store and like buy the like the display model that was already on the floor, but it's a new thing and it's part of your house. Yeah, basically. That's exactly what happened. Uh well just crushing it. Fantastic. Everything turned out great. So Matt, that's uh that's my rad story. What is our third star of the week? Oh, um, well, okay, okay. Uh, it's I mean, it's not as exciting as that because, well, as you know, I just got back from vacation last week. We recorded yep. last episode on a Sunday. Today's Thursday, so it hasn't even been a full week. Correct. Um, and I've just kind of been trying to get my life back together, but I, 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 I ate an underripe avocado yesterday. Uh. Well, it sounds like you're not doing a great job of getting your life back together. Hell, you know, Dave. Okay. So here's what happens. And listen, there's not a lot to talk about. I ate a, a, a crummy I'd, avocado. Had you waited like two days, you would have been fine. Oh, you could be eating it right now. It would have been so good. I bought two of them. I ate the next one the next day. It was perfect. But this one, yeah. it seemed like it was going to be good. And normally, I'm so much better with avocados. I'm usually actually pretty proud of my ability to pick a good avocado. Um, but weird thing to be proud of, but sure. Well, you know, it's it's a specific skill, but a useful one. So I I open up this avocado, by which I mean to say I cut it open, you know, with a knife. I don't have yeah. some sort of like other method of doing this. And I realize immediately upon doing so, they're like, "Oh no, this thing is still like two days out of being prime avocado." But I've already cut it open, and as you probably know, like an opened avocado does not keep very well. Yeah, no, it does not. That is correct. So I realize, all right, I need to somehow, like, doctor this thing up in such a way that I can eat it now because otherwise I'm just throwing it away. Cut to maybe half an hour later, I have, like, chopped this... I, I You know, I cut it out of the peel as best as I was able to. And then I diced it into as small of pieces as I could. I have pulled out my uh, my potato masher and have tried my... That's probably... That's what I would have done. Yeah. Well, I the problem is that, like, it's a tough avocado. And my potato masher is made out of plastic. Like, mm. it's not a very great You're potato You're not going to win that fight. And so I'm just, like, wrestling with this unripe avocado. I swear to you... I, I think I said a half an hour. It might have been longer than that between initial cutting to putting whatever like thing I had cobbled together onto a sandwich. Do you have a food processor? No, I don't have a food processor, Dave. 
I don't know. You might have a food. You should get a food processor. Those things are great. I have they really three help you. different like mechanical well, ways to okay. crush ice, but I don't have a they food you... processor. They really, they really help you process food, man. Sounds like you need. <laughs> <laughs> Which it sounds like that's the problem you have. I don't think you have an ice problem. You have a food processing problem. No, I don't have an ice problem, Dave, because I've solved the ice problem. And frankly, I crush more ice than I process food. So. Anyway, uh, that's that's kind of what's been up with my week. I put I put a bunch of hot sauce on it. It turned out well. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So our fourth star of the week, Matt, is did you know that Disney World is opening up uh, Avatar World? Okay. And that, yes. not Avatar Aang, The Last Airbender, which would be rad. Avatar, like, home of unobtainium and, like, Giovanni Ribisi. Who is the only actor from that movie that I remember? Um, there was also, um, oh, what's his name? Did, He's did handsome. And he was in like three movies in that one year, and then I've never heard from him again. Yeah, did Zoe Saldana? Zoe Saldana play one of the blue people? I think she one of the did. Navi. I think yes. she did. Okay, so she was in it. And Michelle so, Rodriguez yeah, was making... probably like a marine. Almost guaranteed. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> you know, I I have thought of, I have heard of this, and. It occurs to me it's very strange because I know there was a bunch of world building that went into that movie, but it is one movie and it is a movie that came out. Okay, I'm going to look up what year this movie came out and then I'm going to look up what other movies came out that year. Hold on just a Dude, second. It was like, it was a while ago, like 2008, 2000, 2009. So, okay. 2009. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So I have the Wikipedia page for movies that have come out in 2009. Open in front of me in chronological order. And I'm just going to scroll through here and list off movies to you that I think would make better theme parks. Or at least, or at least you can make a better case to make them a theme park than Avatar, the James Cameron 2009 classic. Okay. Okay. First on the list, Paul Blart Mall Cop. First of all, just make a mall. That's really. I was going to say, that's just a mall. There are those also, that already exist. There are two... Paul Blart Mall Cop movies. There's only one Avatar. Uh, let's see. I've also got a list open. Inglorious Bastards. I'd go to that theme park. Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. That sounds fun. Man, I love the Underworld. I unapologetically love the Underworld series. I love those movies. Got, I recognize yeah. that they're not great, but I do love them. You got Dark Knight World. The Dark Knight World Dark could Knight be World. fun. Dude, Zombieland? Zombieland came out in 2009. Dude, a lot of good movies came out in 2009. Taken yeah, was wow. in 2009. 2009. Fantastic Mr. Fox, Coraline. Dude, Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox and Coraline would both be awesome, like, places They could be to next go. to each other? You could, yeah, that would be awesome. I feel like you'd want to really make sure that you had a clear line of demarcation, though, so that you didn't accidentally wander from Fantastic Mr. Fox into Coraline World. Dude, Law-Abiding Citizen. Have you ever seen Law-Abiding Citizen? I never did see Law-Abiding Citizen, but you know what else came out that year? A Fast and mm. Furious movie. Can you imagine a Fast and Furious theme park, Dave? The Thrill Rides. The Ultimate Thrill Rides. I think, man, they actually are making... There is a fan, Fast and Furious ride. Oh, is there seriously? At, like, yeah. Universal or whatever? Who makes those Yeah, movies? somewhere. I, I don't know. Dude, I know. Oh, you know what, Matt? It wasn't. It's not a Fast and the Furious movie. It's just Fast and Furious, but not the Fast and the Furious. Oh, okay. This is the Fast and Furious, one where uh, Dom Toretto got and it. Brian O'Connor came back to the franchise. Got it. Got it. it got takes it. Place Let's right see. After the uh, short film Los Bandoleros. 
Oh yeah, of course. Thank you. The Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. I never saw that, that movie, movie but I'd go to that theme good. park. Oh, dude, you should also see that movie. It's really, really good. Yeah, there's all sorts of amazing movies that came out in 2009. Why are they making Avatar World? It's a terrible plan. Terminator Salvation. That's the other movie with that one guy who's an Avatar. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam Worthington. I was actually... That's that guy's name. Well, good for you, Sam, I guess. Anyway, so yes, I have heard of that. It's absolutely crazy. And this has been a fun segment talking about other theme parks that they could have made. Heck, I would have gone to see the 500 Days of Summer theme park before I want to go see an Avatar theme park. Okay, now, actually, okay, that let was me a back joke, this up but a second. No lie, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra came out in 2009, and I would go to that park. I would go to that park. I actually might argue that a theme park is a better expression of the concept of Avatar than the movie was. Like, as a movie, it was kind of boring, but as, like, a theme park that you could go, like, wander around and, like, experience fantastical animals... That actually sounds like much better than the movie. Okay, now that you frame it like that, I I actually could kind of get behind it. But I stand by all the goofs that we made in this segment, Dave. Yeah, no, those are strong goofs. Now, what is our fifth and final Star of the Week? So, fifth fifth and... Do that again. So our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is this weekend is the first LARP event I'm going to this this year. Uh, I'm super excited about it. Very exciting for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. you. I've got like, I did it again. I've got a bunch of my cool gear. Like I've made myself some new gear. Matt, I made myself like a scabbard that like hangs at my back and my makes my sword easy to access, nice, which is cool. Nice. And uh, I do want to say real quickly on on air, we're not like on air as such, but on on the program, uh, I'm actually only able to go because, as you know, uh, producer Mark is is living with us right now. And he agreed. I I asked, I was like, hey, I'd like to go to this thing. Are you going to be around this weekend? If so, could you help with it? Because they're on our house study. Like they went through all the paperwork to be able to like officially watch the foster babies, Uh which was super, super cool of them. And, uh, and Mark said, yeah, he said, yeah, I can be around and I can help Beth with the babies, like go, go to the LARP event. So Mark, producer Mark, uh, is a real mensch. He's a great guy. And I just wanted to publicly thank him in the largest form that I have, which is this podcast. Yeah, it's very, so it's, I'm going to this LARP event. It's very cool. You know what else is cool? It is. All sorts of things. But what specifically are you thinking about? Uh, Black Dynamite came out in 2009. Dang, that movie was good. Night at the Museum too. That would also make a great theme okay, park. I gotta close this page. I'm so sorry. So here is the thing that I'm particularly excited about for this LARP event. Uh, I think I mentioned last year that I made a cool like LARP grimoire for the magic spells yes. and all this stuff, right? I talked about this. And as part of that, I invented a system of like mystical sigils, but it is like, it is a system. They're not like random. Like you can tell if you know kind of how to look at it, like kind of what each one does and what it's for, sure. right? Very cool. So this year, what I did is I did an updated version because some of the rules had changed. And uh, and I hopped on Facebook with our, our LARP group and I said, hey, would anybody like a copy of this thing? Like it's this really Dave. handy little thing. Dave, I hate to interrupt you, but I think you already did this star like three weeks ago. Oh. No, no, no. I, uh, I think it was a little bit longer ago than that, but there is a separate thing. Sorry. Okay, let, me, cool. let me get to this actual thing. Uh, because it's one of the coolest elements of like LARP and collaborative storytelling and role playing, uh, one of the 
people who runs the game, they got a hold of me and they said, hey, would you mind just doing up, would you mind if I like used part of that as like part of a plot line? Like I copied some of the sigils that were in this thing that you made and kind of like used them as part of the game. And I said like, yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's super, super cool. And so they put it out into the game. It was at the last event. I wasn't at it. They put it out into the game. But what's, this is the really cool part. People saw them recognize them were like oh i know what that is that is from this book that i do have a copy of and they like went back and were like reading through the thing that i wrote and like researching and researching quote unquote well, sure, and like talking still. about it no and like this is i think one of the coolest things about larp is uh and, and role-playing games in general, is the idea of collaborative storytelling. Is that it's like a bunch of people getting together and you're just like putting things out into the world. And, uh, and I think it's really neat that the plot team took this thing that like I had made and sort of like wove it into the larger fabric of the world. And now it's just a thing and it's out there. And, uh, and we're all having fun with this cool story element. So that is my, my final star of the week. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the event this weekend. I'm super psyched about it. Awesome. Uh, well, that sounds very yeah. fun, and I look forward to hearing about it next week. But this week, Dave, we need to take a break. We need to watch episode 37 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, the uh, Karakasa Dance Queen, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. All right. Welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 37 of Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Dave, I had a good time this week. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. It didn't have yeah, all like man. the new, exciting, flashy bits of last week. But uh, okay, actually, that's not true. It just has the exact same exciting, flashy bits from last week. Yeah, there's nothing new. There's new, new, flashy bits. Just the same. Just the same flashy bits. The same old, new, flashy bits. <laughs> so, so this episode starts off. This episode starts off, and it's some kids. And they are like up in a tree or something or like off in some bushes. And one of the kids has binoculars. And Matt, here's what my notes say. They just say, kid peeping. Oh, not peeping, a prank. But I think it says something about our history with this show that my assumption when they gave a young boy binoculars is that he was doing something pervy. Um, I mean, listen, I think there's certainly some, uh, you, you can make a case that there is a foundation for that sort of assumption, uh, within this franchise. It's just, my thought was not without precedent, no. I think is what I'm saying. No, but. not, not even a little bit, but thankfully that is not what is happening this week. Yeah, so thankfully. What is happening is that this boy and his two friends are setting a trap in the woods, Yes. Well, there's a road through the woods, like not the middle of the not the middle oh, yeah. of the so woods. So they're, they're waiting for someone to come up uh, on the road, and one of them with the binoculars sees Nekamaru driving down the road, and they say, "Okay, someone is coming. It's like a weird looking car, but let's let's do the prank anyway." Yeah. So so they run out into the middle of the road and they put like a box out in the middle of the road with and there's like a string coming out of it, and. So, of course, like, Nekamaru stops because they don't know what this box is. So, Nekamaru stops. The rangers, like, pop out to investigate. All of a sudden, one of the children presses a button that is attached to the rope that is attached to the box. Because it's not a rope. It's a fuse. And the box is full of 
If it were just a few of them, I would say that it's full of fireworks, but it's not. It is many. So I'm going to call it like straight up pyrotechnics. Yeah, there's a lot of sparks and uh, the Rangers reaction is really strong. But then if you think about the fact that every time they're attacked by anything, there's a very similar looking explosion. I think their reaction is very justified. Yeah, And also, if they had been leaning over the box when that thing went off, like that is no joke. Like, that stuff yeah, will there mess been... you up. This is not, like, a fun child prank. This is, like, potentially deadly. Oh, yeah. No, these kids are from the Kevin, like, the Home Alone school of pranks. Yes. These pranks do not mess around. Except because they're, the next they're going thing on they do... the offense. Kevin at least was, like, playing defense in his own home. These kids are going into the woods and putting bombs in the road. Okay, so here's the So the next thing they do is they throw, like, balloons full of ink... All right. Yes. So then the Rangers, uh, Saizo, Jiraiya, and Seikai start chasing them. And then they have branch traps. Like they've pulled branches back to be like sprung into people's faces. And then they also dug like a pit trap. Yeah, like not a very deep pit trap. It's only like a foot deep and it's really more of a like trench trap. But it still yeah, is it's that same thing. Yeah, it's more of like thing. a sprain your ankle trap is what it is. Like, these traps are dangerous. Like, these are not fun time pranks. These kids are looking to hurt someone. Yeah, and like, this is a show that we have watched for a while where the characters are ninjas. And so in many cases, we have encountered traps like these. But it's never been from, like, carefree children. It's always been from actual murderers. Yeah, it's that's a very different thing, man. Uh, yeah, they're from, like, literal monsters. So these kids, like, run into a clearing, and Ninja Man is there, but he's giant. And <laughs> he just, he's like, hey, you jerk kids. Like, what the heck are you doing? Like, don't do that. This is terrible. So two of the kids get away, but one of them is so terrified by suddenly encountering the giant Ninja Man that he basically just falls over on his butt. Right. And they catch that kid. We flip from there. Oh, and then Ninja Man just shrinks. And the Rangers are like, whoa, what's going on? And he says, oh, yeah, I can uh, I can grow and shrink. That's just like one of my things that I can do. Yes. Um, and they're like, oh, well, that's that's cool. And he says, yeah, well, you know, I, um, I'm happy to help. I'm going to get out of here, but I'll always be around to help you. So... You know, have a good time. Then like, he gets on, his, back. gets on his Goku cloud and he flies away while saying like, man, doing good deeds makes you feel good. Which is true. I like Ninja Man already. Hey, listen, that guy's got it. Ninja Man knows what year it is. It's 2017 and Ninja Man wants you to be excellent to each other. Nice turnaround, Matt. Good job. So we go from there. It's uh, Daimu, and he's hanging out with his uh, with Hakamenro is there and a bunch of the other yokai. And he has seeing all this happen, and he is stoked. Like, he is straight up delighted. Not like evil delighted, just genuinely delighted that the Rangers got tricked by these kids. He's like, this is incredible. These guys suck. How have they possibly been beating my monsters? They got tricked by these kids. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to use those kids to trick them again, and then we're going to kill them. Which, I mean, honestly, good call. Yeah, he's he's totally correct. The Rangers, those kids have gotten about as far as any of the yokai have. Frankly, a lot further than most of them. Yeah, some of the yokai have very bad plans. So we flip over, and we see this lady 
and she's dancing, and we found out she is Karakasa, and she is practicing her dance routine because turns out tomorrow is Daimu's twelve hundredth birthday. He is one thousand two hundred years old, and she has been practicing this routine. She says for a long time. Well, I mean, Daimu has been say how long. trapped in another dimension for a very long time, so maybe she had been planning to do this like prior to Daimu getting trapped behind the seal door. It's like, well, I only know I only know one thing, and it is dance. And so I will practice my art until Daimao returns. Well, in her defense, like she, I don't know, she's a much better dancer than I am. Oh yeah, and, and, and so and by the way, this is like a very pretty dancing lady. Like, yeah, just to yeah, give yeah. You that like is like a, the point of this person. A, a mental picture. So Daimu does say he says the only other thing that he wants for his birthday is he wants the Rangers' livers as his birthday dinner. He wants to eat human liver, specifically Conquer Ranger liver, for his birthday dinner. So we go back to the Rangers. They're washing their clothes in like a river or something, because you may recall they are covered in ink, which I like doesn't really wash out in that way, but whatever. So Sasuke is talking to these kids, and he's like, dude, what is going on? Like these pranks are really extreme and not appropriate. Like, you should not be doing this. And the kids say, well. We're all failing school, and we don't like our lives, and the world and adults have made like a very difficult world for us, and so we are we are getting our revenge by pranking adults. Right. So really, like, like and I think they literally say this: it is society's fault. Yeah, they're like, we cannot be blamed for this. You've set up an untenable situation for us, so uh, you get ink balloons. And and Saizo starts yelling at them, but Sasuke is like, listen, they're just kids. Like, they're idiot kids, but they're just kids. Like, lay off of them. But Seikai yeah. oh, is having none of it. It is just the one kid. Sorry, I said multiple kids. I apologize. It is just the one kid that they managed to catch. Right. Seikai is having none of it. He wants to go capture the other two kids and punish them. Yeah. And so, actually, speaking of these other two kids, we sort of look up the hill, and we see that these kids are hiding, like, kind of looking like looking down over the ridge of this hill, and they're like, dude, we've got to rescue our friend, he is in trouble, but, like, what are we going to do? Like, we've got to do something, we can't just leave him to be in trouble, but what are we going to do? Like, those dudes are Kara- way too strong for us to, like, go mess with directly. They- right, it's like, there's five of them, they're adults, they obviously have, like, adult muscles. These- what are we going to do? These two kids are talking as though they are in a war movie. Like, in this scene. They're like, oh my gosh, we've got to go rescue Jim. I don't know what the kid's name is. Right. Like, we don't Jim, leave a man behind. Um, but, like, there's too strong. We need to conduct a plan. And so they do not actually get into figuring out this plan because Karakasa appears. And she says, hey, do you guys need a hand, like, rescuing your friend? And he says... They're like, yeah, we absolutely need to think. So we cut back down to the rangers, and Sasuke sort of looks up towards the ridge of the hill where the kids are. Like, he doesn't know that they're up there. He's just sort of looking. But he sees just beyond that ridge, like, four or five Dorodoros. And they're just sort of, like, scampering, skittering, like, just beyond the ridge. Like, he can kind of see them, and then they start to hide. Then all of yeah. a sudden, a grappling hook flies out, swings into where the uh, all of the shoes are drying, because... Apparently, the shoes also had to get dried, which is... Now that I'm thinking about it, why are the shoes getting dried? You wouldn't have had to wash them. That's not where the ink hit. 
Dude, don't even... Anyway, so for plot reasons, the shoes are all hanging on this line, and they get grappling hooked. Yes. And when the grappling hook gets pulled back, it is the kids, the the other two kids who have them. And they're like, ha ha ha, now we got your shoes. And then... And they start running away. No, 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 they don't start running away yet. First, and I have this in my notes, one of them turns to the rangers and advises them... Their best course of action in this moment is to kiss his butt. And then they run away. That's right. These kids are terrible. Like, these are bad children. So Dave, it's all society's uh, fault. It's all society. <laughs> so we get some more Dorondoros that are, like, running around. Uh, the rangers are chasing the kids. The Jiraiya goes to do, like, a super jump, like, at them to catch them. But the kids then also do a super jump. Like, they apparently have magic shoes. I mean, like, obviously, Karakasa is doing this. Uh, but then they leap. They do a super leap into a construction site. The rangers continue to chase them. The kids have laid out, or somebody, I assume these kids, maybe Karakasa, who knows, is laying out, uh, has thumbtack caltrops. Like, they've just thrown a bunch of thumbtacks on the ground. And the rangers, predict, like, run into them, and they get stabbed in the feet. And as they are sort of dealing with pulling these thumbtacks out of their feet, uh, they look down and they see that conveniently there are three sets of identical brightly colored shoes. Yeah, just sitting there on the ground. You know, like a trap would be. Yeah, not like any shoes you would ever wear. Uh, the rangers look at those shoes and they say like, oh great, how convenient, shoes. So they put those shoes just on. Just as many as we need. What, what a strange right. coincidence. perfect. So, Karakasa appears all of a sudden, and she is like, I am Karakasa, and like, I've got you. And she says that she is an umbrella yokai, which, there already was an umbrella yokai. Yes. Are there multiple umbrella yokai? Okay, now first of all, there were probably seven different kinds of umbrella yokai, but she does specify that she is the western kind of umbrella yokai. So, like... she does at least take a moment to acknowledge, like, okay, there was a different Umbrella Yokai. That's not me. I'm a different one. Even, okay, just how many Umbrella Monsters do you need, Japan? Come yeah, on. I don't know. They got a lot of Umbrellas. By the way, I like the look of this Umbrella Monster a lot more than the last one. Oh, yeah. The last one was really stupid. Karakasa's look is, is much neater, uh, mainly because she does not look anything like an umbrella. Well, she doesn't look like an umbrella, but she's got a couple of umbrella motifs on her costume. Like her skirt is sort of an umbrella and her hat is an umbrella. And then there's a sort of like clear yellow like face mask that also maybe is her hair that goes around her yeah, face that's also kind of umbrella shaped. Right, but the other dude was just, like, straight up an umbrella, and that was dumb. Yes. So, so as Karakasa is laughing at Sasuke, the other three rangers, the ones who had put on the magic shoes, or, yep. listen, they're magic shoes. I think D- yeah. it, it should be pretty clear by now. And the children, who are also wearing those magic shoes, all run around the corner to where Sasuke is. And they run out in sort of, like, a... Um, choreographed manner, and they just start dancing. Yeah, that's a fair in way place. to say that. Sasuke looks at this and is like, um, "Like dudes, g- what's uh, guys? What's what's happening? What's, uh, yeah, what's up?" And they say, "Like, well, obviously we've put on these stupid shoes, and now we can't stop dancing." Also, 
Saizo has at some point, and I don't know if it is when they started dancing or if it precedes this, he's wearing like a button-up shirt that has been like unbuttoned and then like tied in front of him like it's the 90s. Like, you know, it's, it's a, I mean, okay, it looks like that. It was the 90s. Never mind. Yeah. I withdraw my criticism. <laughs> um, so they start dancing and cannot stop and have sort of a panicked look about them. Karakasa is loving this. Yeah, this is her favorite thing. Um, and, 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 and suddenly they stop dancing and they all sort of start running away, but they're running at like super, super speed and Sasuke can't keep up with them. Yeah. So Ninja Man kind of sees that there is a problem from wherever it is that he is. So he jumps down and he does manage to tackle Jiraiya. So Sai- Seikai and Saizo get away. They do tackle Jiraiya. Uh, the shoes are stuck on. And Sasuke is just like, dude, I can't get him off. I'm going to have to like cut them off with my sword. Um, and at that point, the shoes like disattach and then run away by themselves. But, so Jiraiya is saved. Yes. Saizo, Seikai, and the kids are all, are all captured at this point. And thankfully, the shoes do not get far because Ninja Man jumps over and like steps on the shoes to stop them from fleeing. So Jiraiya is safe and the shoes have been captured. Right. So, cut back to Daimyo's house. He's chilling at his throne. He's got his bro Hakamenru chilling there with him. And the Karakasa rolls in and says, Listen, I got two Kaku Rangers and also these two kids. I'm really sorry. I wasn't able to get all of them. Like, right. Uh, I did my best. Plan, but you know, like, stuff, stuff goes south. I tried. She's very disappointed. And Daimao, actually in sort of like an encouraging leader sort of way, is like, no, no, no. Don't be too disappointed. Um, You did great. And if what you say is true and they still have a pair of these shoes with them, then I think we can actually use this to our advantage. Yeah, like this plan is not... Like this is still salvageable. Because what we're going to do is we're going to use them as bait. Like, we're going to use, like, the shoes and the rangers and stuff. Like, we're going to trap these guys. Like, we've got it. So, we flip back to the rangers. Sasuke, he's like, they're at Nakamaru. Sasuke says, like, I can't find, I have no idea where they went. But they hear this thumping from inside Nakamaru. And they have captured these shoes. They put them in a box. And now the shoes are in the box, like, jumping around. And the rangers think, they're like, okay, which is exactly, I'm sure, what Daimo wants them to think. Like, if released, like, if we let these shoes go, they'll just run back to Karakasa, we'll follow the shoes, and our friends will be there. Problem solved. So, they do this, and as they're doing it, we cut back to Daimo's party. Now his party is underway. And you know his party is underway because a bunch of Dorodoros are, like, milling about. And they also have those same six, like, non-fancy but unique yokai wandering around, like, seeming to enjoy a party. There's a table that has some drinks on it and also a skull. Just, you know, just to remind you that it's an evil party. Right. In case you had forgotten. In case, like, the giant dude with four faces on his creepy neck. Right. Like, you know, it's a long story. It's a it's an evil party. So 
<laughs> so Caracasa, so Caracasa comes out and says like, okay, now it is time for a toast. Like happy birthday to dear leader. Um, you know, let us restore the dictator to health, blah, blah, blah. Uh, here is my great gift to him. It is the dancer team. Yes. And then something wonderful happens. Yeah. So Seikai, Saizo, and these kids come in in matching, like, full-body leotards. Yes. Sorry. The Rangers match and the kids match each other. And then they all together, I would say, coordinate. Yeah, so the, the little kids are wearing red spandex leotards, and the, the cocky rangers are wearing blue spandex leotards. With, like, a belt thing? Yeah, like, not, and not they, their standard cocky ranger uniforms. These are, like, you know, they're dancing suits. Yeah, no, these are dance, these are dance costumes. And so, and they just start going into this routine. And it is apparently, like, a pretty intense routine. Because the first shot you see, like, you can tell that they did a bunch of these scenes. Because the first shot you see, they just, like, come out and they're doing the dance. And the second or third shot you see, those leotards are, like, pretty saturated yes. in in kaku sweat. Now, Dave, I, like, I don't know. You said that you don't typically watch the end credits of Kaku Ranger. Is that correct? I do not. That is correct. Have you ever watched the end credits to Kaku Ranger? I think you have. At least I once have. Twice, right? I have, of course. I'm pretty. You're, I think I know what you're about to say, man, and I think you're okay, right. Okay, in the end credits of Kaku Ranger, if we've never talked about it on the show, the opening bits of it are a bunch of Dorodoros in like a public square doing a big coordinated dance number. And they are definitely using the song from the end credits. And I think that they are doing the dance number from the end credits of this show within the show itself. Which, like, says to me that the end credits is not just, like, a fun, out-of-continuity thing, but actually is, like, a big thing that at some point was coordinated by Karakasa, who was teaching all of these yokai to dance, which I love. I, uh, you know, I don't know if that's true, but I desperately hope that it is. So, <laughs> and that, like just off screen every week in the end credits, Caracasa is out there like trying to conduct and yelling them. instructions. <laughs> so, so like this routine is fairly intense. So we flip over to the Rangers. The Rangers follow the shoes into this abandoned building, and well, it seems it's abandoned. It's not. There's a dance party. Uh, they hear the dance music. They see the party. We do see some Dorodoros as caterers, which is pretty fantastic. Dude, anytime, anytime you get a grunt, like a, a Sentai monster grunt in another costume on top of their monster I'm, costume, yeah, I'm 100 down. Amazing. So we do get a moment that is like slightly horrifying because the dancers collapse, but their enchanted shoes force them to keep on dancing. So they're like on their backs, but their legs are still jumping around as though they're dancing, and then they they get back up and keep dancing. The yokai are laughing, and we see the rangers. They're looking in at the kitchen, and they see there's a big cake, and then there's like a giant like present box like next to the cake. Then we flip back outside again, and then we see two Dorodoros wheeling this giant present out, and they're like, oh, it's like, it's the birthday cake. Hooray! Like, happy birthday, Daimo. He's a jolly good fellow. But suddenly, 
the, the giant cake box is not actually containing a cake. It is containing instead Sasuke. And yeah, the two and... Dorodoro caterers are not actually Dorodoro caterers. And I'm sure you can guess where this is going. They are Tsuruhime and Raya. Yes. And they stand so, there so dang proud of themselves. They're like, we crushed it. Like, we hid in your cake box. We got you. Like, we disguised ourselves as Doro Doros. Like, this is 100% like Kaka Ranger Ninja power. And Sasuke uh, says, today is the day that we finish this. Like, right. he thinks that this is the last episode of the show right now. Uh, so Daimu is just like, nope. And he hits a button and then a cage drops on them. And he's like, I knew you were coming. I planned this whole thing. Gotcha. Uh, we do not, unfortunately, get a shot of Sasuke's face directly after that because that, that's one of the I real know there are heroes. Right. I really would have loved to have seen the look on Sasuke's face just like in slow motion, like, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So Daimai is thrilled. He says they're going to slice them up and serve them with wasabi and soy sauce. All the yokai are like, they're loving it. Right. Somewhere. Uh, Some Dorodoros approach the uh, the cage. They've got machetes. Like, they're going to chop the rangers up. Ninja Man arrives. Hooray. So Ninja, okay. He's like, can we take a sec, Dave? Can we talk about Ninja Man? And how great he is all the time. I love him. I love him all the time. Every time he appears, I'm happy to see him. But that dude is just constantly, just constantly out of frame. Like, always right there, ready to jump in. Yeah, he's a ninja. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Once again, I withdraw my criticism. I was going to say, he's a ninja, and he's actually much better at it than the Kaku Rangers are. Like... Really what the show Conquer Rangers should be if the Conquer Rangers were good ninjas is that we would just see like people going about their business being attacked by yokai and then like maybe they get attacked for like a little bit and then when there's an opportune moment there's like a sudden flash of like five primary colors and then the yokai falls over into five separate pieces and then you see the rangers like turn around and put their swords away and then they unhenge and leave. Yeah, but like, that would that be like a is... three minute episode and that would not be very entertaining. Neither for us right. nor for you, the listener. Yeah, but Ninja Man is a much better ninja. He's just always there. He's like, mm, okay, now I'm going to jump in. So he's not sure what to do uh, for a second. And then he says, oh, I get it. Or I know what to do. So he shrinks because he can control his size and he jumps into Karakasa's clothes and like tickles her. This is his plan. Yes, because Karakasa is holding the remote control that had originally dropped the cage. Yes. So the cage, uh, the cage control like flies out of her hand and it slides over to the Rangers. And then Hakamenro, again, Suruhime's dad, he like ducks off to the side and does something. He does something at with a, a control fuse panel box somewhere. Yeah, it's not very clear. Cuz okay. Exactly what he here's, does. Here's the problem with what's happening right now. Sasuke has his hands on the remote control for the cage. Hakamenru yes. is over by the control panel of the room, right? He is. And then all of a sudden, the cage falls into pieces and the Kaka Rangers are free. But my question is like which one of them did it? 
because like both of those things can't control the same cage. And it's not like Hakamemru shut the lights off. Maybe he did shut the lights off. Maybe I misunderstood the scene. Yeah, dude, I, I don't know. But the point is, is that, like, the Rangers get free. Yeah, I mean, we, we could quibble about the details, but the Rangers are free. The, they have freed yeah, the children. The Rangers are free. They're cool. Um, and Ninja Man is there with them as well. And they say, okay, now, now, we're, now it's time. Yes. Oh, they do. They save Seikai and Saizo. Like, they get the shoes off of them. Like, they're good. Uh, we do get a just, just fantastic moment where I can't remember if it's Seikai or Saizo, but they're, like, flipping out with Cocker Ranger anger, but they're still in the sweaty dance yes. leotard. Uh, and they go through the whole Henge sequence, like, but in the leotard. It's pretty good, you guys. Which, yeah, guys, we really cannot oversell these leotards. So the kid is just standing there. Like, they're just, like, <laughs> it's like somebody forgot to tell the kid to get out of the frame. Right. Because, like, all everybody else is going through all of this stuff. And there's a kid just standing there, not saying anything, not moving, staring, like, directly at the camera. Uh, as all of these things are happening around him. Right. Like, at this so, point, he can't start to leave in the middle of the scene because that would throw things off even more. So he's just standing as still as he possibly can and waiting for the superhero stuff to be over. Yeah. So then we get something pretty rad because Daima'u decides to throw down. Right. Well, they've ruined his birthday party, Dave. Yes. You don't turn 1,200 every day. You you don't, certainly, yeah. So so he grows, and as he grows, um, also Caracasa grows, and they break oh, yeah. through the roof of this uh, warehouse. So now we are sort of conveniently outside. Yep. Also, Caracasa looks a little different in her giant form, and my suspicion, because... Kurakasa in her human-sized yokai form has a regular human face with makeup on it. Like, it is not a monster mask. It is a human face. That, yeah. Like, but you know, in, it's it looks like a human's face does. But when, Right, in, but in her giant form, she has, like, a mask. Like a monster yeah, mask And face. so what I assume, because I spent, I don't know how much time thinking about this, but probably more than I needed to... I assume that the woman that they had gotten to play Kurakasa, the human-sized version, was a dancer, and that they needed someone who could do the fighting stuff in the giant version, so they changed the look up a little bit to get a different person in that suit. Oh, yeah, that actually makes... I had not thought about that, but that makes a ton of sense. So, the kids run away, which is great. Uh, They start to do this fight, like they... Do they really get in it just a tiny little bit? Uh, but the they summon the God General God Beast Generals. They form Kakurei Dai Shogun. Ninja Man goes giant. Uh, they fight Karakasa throwing a dancing umbrella monster is actually doing pretty well. Yeah, and then also like they're fighting Daumao, who is like the final boss, and they are not far enough into the show that they should be doing that. I don't think, and so stuff starts going pretty poorly for them. Yeah, like Daimu like blasts them with lightning, they go down, uh, what are you gonna do? And then there's like a bolt of lightning out of nowhere that like is blasting Daimu. So like he freaks out a little bit, and then Muteki Shogun appears. 
And Surakime says, amazing. Mateki Shokin, you're alive? And then I said, Which? What? Because like, when was Mateki Shogun not alive? Did I miss something? I was going to say. Did I miss something nope, really Surakime. important? Did we skip an episode, Dave? No. Well, okay, I actually took that line very differently. Like, oh, Mateki Shogun, you're alive. Like, you are conscious and like an autonomous being. Yeah, but we've, we got that but, way earlier in the show. That's a, that's yeah, a pretty Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fact. why I was... That's why I was just like, Tsuruhime, you know that that is a thing. But no, I totally forgot about this. Mateki Shogun did get real, real messed up. Oh, was in that like in the, one the, of the, the last episode with Young Double Jr.? Yeah. I Maybe uh, I did not realize how like drastic that injury had been. I assumed that he just hadn't been showing up recently because there was a new set of toys that they needed to display on the TV screen. <laughs> uh yeah so i think this is like exciting because i think they had last we saw miteki shoken he was actually in quite a bit of trouble okay well cool then i mean listen i'm always happy to see the dude so he arrives and then he arrives and then the then Subasamaru immediately shows up yes they form super miteki shogun uh, and Super Mateki Shogun fires off all of his huge cannons, like pretty Yucks. immediately. Uh, which all hit Daimyo, and Daimyo, like, he's okay. Like, he doesn't go down or anything, but he now realizes, like, I, I should probably bail. Uh, he yeah, vanishes, so... and then di- standing directly behind where he was when he vanishes is Kurakasa, and she is, like, sort of cowering behind what had previously been cover. <laughs> this is this might actually be my favorite Daimyo moment ever because he's so immediately like, no, nah, I'm out, and just leaves Karakasa to be blasted in his stead. Yes. Uh, then Ninja Man steps up and is like, haha, like you have been abandoned. Now, now you're gonna die. And she, for reasons, okay, listeners, if this makes no sense, listeners, if you know why people keep calling Ninja Man a novice and why that makes him so furious, please let me know. Because this is the second week in a row where it happens. I would love to be enlightened on this point. Yeah, so she calls him a novice and he does his anger explosion and turns into Samurai Man. I did have a revelation about this, Matt. Uh, Ninja Man is the Marty McFly of giant god robots. Dave, I kid you not, that is exactly in my notes. <laughs> Because when somebody calls him chicken, he can't help himself. He, he can't help himself. So he uh, he turns into Samurai Man. He does the Samurai Rage Bomber. Karakasa gets gets blown up. That's the end of Karakasa. Yes. So and fight has ended. Threat is gone. We are now late, like, you know, sometime later, back to the beach where everyone is wearing their now clean clothing. And they're talking to the kids, who are still a bunch of scamps, but, you know, they've gone through a lot together. And so now the Kaku Rangers are advising them as to how to live their lives. Yeah. Sasuke and says, like, like no, nah, you, you can't keep doing pranks. You need to study. You really need to be good at school. And then immediately backtracks. He's like, ah, I'm just kidding. But you should probably do sports or something. Don't blow people up. <laughs> right. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, like, okay, we... We'll stop doing that. Stop doing that so much. That'll be great. And I immediately look at these kids and I'm like, 
these delinquents are not going to change. And then, and then they immediately prove me right that they are terrible children. And then, because as they are, like, they walk away, and then they huddle together, and they light a bunch of firecrackers and throw them at the rangers. Yeah, you know, like, just like a fun kid does. So, yeah, uh, so these children are terrible, but that is... Well, okay, there's there's one scene left, Dave, and I want to make sure that we don't miss it, because... Saizo and Seikai and Jiraiya all chase after these children to scold them or admonish them in some way. And Tsurihime and Sasuke turn to look at their giant robot friends who are just standing there, like, just off camera. Because the camera pivots and they're all standing there looming over the beach. Now, this means a number of things. I forgot about this. First of all, it means that there's just a bunch of robots standing around, which I know we've talked about before. Also, what it means is that these three children, after having their lives saved by ninja superheroes, while literally standing in the shadows of their giant robot allies, still have the guts to throw firecrackers at their feet just to mess with them, just for fun. And honestly, that sort of commitment to that prank life, I can kind of, like, appreciate. Dude, I uh, I had not considered that, but you are 100% correct. Those kids are stone cold. Yes, they just, listen, those firecrackers ain't gonna throw themselves and they already bought them. <laughs> okay, and that is the end of the episode. They're, they're, but now, all of the like giant robots are in good repair. They have met Ninja Man. And I think that is like, they are at their full arsenal. As we move into like the last, what, 13 episodes of this show? Uh, yeah, something like that. So like, I think this is pretty much, we've got, we've got what we're going to get, giant robot-wise. So far as I know, listen, I'm, I'm always willing to accept another giant robot, but I think this is probably it. But Dave... Oh, yeah, for sure. I would love yeah. to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that this is what we got. So that's the end of that episode, but it's not the end of our episode, because we need to put Caracasa... We need to find out how she fares in the Creature Royale. I'm going to be honest, Matt. I think not great. Oh, really? I kind of liked her. Let me reconsider, actually, because the magic dancing shoes is is actually a pretty cool, pretty it's cool a, touch. It's a good gimmick. Like, you know, tricking people into putting on shoes that they can't stop dancing and then making them dance for your amusement and like wearing them out. And also... And like, then eating them. I And yes, and then threatening to eat them. Also, when she got giant, she was holding her own in the fight. For a while, at least. And also, I did really like her look. She kind of looks like a, I don't know, like a Mega Man X bad guy from a cartoon show about Mega Man X that I never watched. I don't, I, I can't quite describe the look properly, but it's very like primary colors and like clean lines. I think it's a good look. All right, man. All right. Let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it up on Caracasa. Maybe she's better than I thought I mean, she was. I, I'm not looking um, at the top of the list you know, or anything. 
No, I, you know, really what it was is I was just kind of thinking about her in the fight, and it's just like, yeah, she throws down with that umbrella, but like she doesn't do an amazing job. So let's just throw it out there. Uh, is she cooler than Bakaneko the cat lady? I mean, insofar as like lady yokai monsters from this season, well, okay, Bakaneko, now, now that I'm remembering Bakaneko, no, Pakaneko is pretty rad. She also threatened to eat the Kaka Rangers. It's a thing. Okay, so let's say uh, Traffic Light Dimension. Do we like Do we like Karakasa better than Traffic Light Dimension? Um, no, because right below Traffic Light Dimension is Kappa and Rokurokubi, and I and I don't like her that much. But I think I might like her more than Nurakabe, the the guy who's made out of walls. Oh, see, I actually really dug Nurikabe, like, because he was, like, a crazy labyrinth monster. I thought that was a really neat thing. Okay, well, I, I think this is maybe one we can both agree on. Directly below Nurikabe is the Four Kings of Heaven, who have a great look and a great name, but are sort of a nothing character. Yes. And I think that uh, Karakasa is better than that. Okay, I can throw down on that. I think she's cooler than the Four Kings of Heaven. I don't think she's as cool as Nurikabe. Okay, well then let's slot her in there. What does that put her at? Uh, position 43 on the list? 43. 43 of 70. Just to give you some yep. perspective as to where that is on the list. So that, Matt, I think is going to do it for another episode. Yes, that is going to do it as you say, for another episode of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter? I just posted a picture of my, uh, my high school graduation cake that had a picture of Winston Churchill on it. So if you want to see that, check us out at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, and subscribe there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to catch out any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. We're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Calculator.